eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Hi, welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan, and I'm here with our NASCAR NBC analyst, Kyle Petty. We're going to talk about the race today at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. For those of you watching the video version of this podcast, you can see that I am not in my normal location in Charlotte. I am in an undisclosed location on the Florida Gulf Coast, south of St. Petersburg, where today's IndyCar uh, season opener happens. So I am going to be relying on Kyle Petty to tell me a lot about, to tell us both a lot about both me and the listeners about this NASCAR Cup Series race at Las Vegas. Kyle, I saw about five minutes of this race. I'm going to be totally honest. So I know you watched it. Uh, I know William Byron won. Uh, let's just start your, your general thoughts about what we saw today at Las Vegas. The Chevys were strong, man. I mean, I, I, I was really surprised. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, I, I think when they dropped the green flag, you know, it was William Byron's race. Uh, first segment, second segment, uh, he and Kyle Larson. Um, the Toyotas were better than what I thought they were going to be. I, I had kind of followed this weekend. Uh, I ended up going to bike week in Daytona, but I kind of followed and, and called a couple of people and stayed in touch and, and seen what was going on. I think the Toyotas kind of struggled, um, you know, in, in, in the short practice qualifying, whatever. Uh, and, and Joey was good. And most of the time, you know, when Joey Logano sits on the pole, that's a sign, man. That's like the old Matt Kenza syndrome. When he yeah. qualifies in the top five or six, he's going to be hard to guard. Um, but watching the race, it was it was the wind affected the race, you know. And, and you know they talked about it today, and and, and you hear it so much with these cars. Um, you know, 170, 80 miles an hour wind gust, you know, from 20 to 35 miles an hour. Um, it's listen, it's like airplane turbulence. Everybody wants to say, oh, it's like driving down the interstate. You pass a pass an 18. It's not, dude. It's like you're coming in on a jet airliner and you're landing and you get caught in a crosswind and there's a gust of wind. It upsets the car that much. So um, it was it was a basic for me. It was a typical Las Vegas race. You run it until the last five or 10 laps. I think they've had multiple cautions over the years in the last five or 10 laps. You get a caution and then it's a different race. Uh, you know, if we hadn't had the last caution, Kyle Larson wins the race. Uh, and he he and and William Byron arguably the two best cars. So uh, it was just a typical race. I didn't. It was nothing special to me. I, I'm sorry. I will say that this I kind of consider this the first race uh, of the season because it is a mile and a half. It's more in the wheelhouse of what we're going to see all year. Uh, so I, I, w I would take some 
some some notes on that and say, okay, this was a pretty decent race for just about every team out there. Had at least one car that ran pretty good. All right. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get a little bit deeper into that now that we've got a few races under uh, the Cup Series belt here. We can kind of digest a little bit about what we think we've learned. And I also feel a little bit better that I wasn't the only one who was sort of playing hooky this weekend uh, in Florida that you got to bike week in Daytona. That's great. Um, I, I, of course, was was working. I mean, you were probably working too. Just oh, you're saying I'm not working? What are you talking about? That <laughs> <laughs> was bike week before we go back to Vegas. Tell me a little more so, about what bike week's like. All right. So bike week was great. I, I went down for an event called Sons of Speed uh, that, a, that a, a guy named Billy Lane puts on. Billy Lane's a custom bike builder. Um, and it's vintage motorcycle racing at New Smyrna. Uh, and and let's, let me tell you, they raced bikes um, that were that came off the assembly line for Harley Davidson uh, in 1909. 1909. So when I say vintage bikes, these bikes are 100 plus years old. Some of them were. For somebody who loves motorcycles, it would be like going back to Daytona and watching them run Superbirds. It would be like going to the beach and watching them run Hudson Hornets. Uh, it, it was that kind of event. So for me, I was down there working it. I, I did some some broadcasting for it and some some uh, oh, um, yeah some streaming for it and stuff. But uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was listen. It's it's going to be an event that I try to get to every year because I think it's grown. First year they had ten bikes. This year they had uh, like sixty two bikes. Um, they've got big sponsors, uh, Northern tool and equipment. I mean, they've got a lot of people that have kind of bought into this over the last four or five years. So, uh, this is something that was really cool. It, it really yeah. was for me. That is cool. That's cool. I'm glad you got down there and, uh, sorry to make the improper assumption. You're always working. Um, <laughs> so working something and, uh, I know you're, you're really enjoying it as well. So that's cool. Um, and I hope to get to bike week someday too. Obviously we had the, the supercross race. Uh, on Peacock on Saturday night at Daytona National Speedway. That's yeah. one of the crown jewels of the circuit. And I guess sort of like the maybe one of the signature events of Bike Week, certainly. So hope I get to see that someday. But as I mentioned, I was in St. Petersburg for the IndyCar season opener. I, I appreciate your summation. Uh, I also got some great notes from our producer, uh, Zach Catanzaretti. Um, so he's prepared me well. Uh, but I did see, as I mentioned, some of the race. And I saw the most important part, which, of course, was, as you mentioned, Kyle, the Final restart where it's in overtime and Kyle Larson has the lead when the yellow flies with a few laps to go. Uh, he loses the lead in the pits to William Byron. Uh, and actually Martin Truex Jr. takes the lead because he stays out while these other yes. cars pit. William Byron wins the race, which is, I guess, good because he had the best car, led the most laps. Uh, but it was in doubt again until this final overtime restart. I guess my question for you, Kyle, is... Did it surprise you? I know this is an age-old question, especially for somebody who's been around NASCAR his entire life like you, but why don't more guys just stay out when um, they, they know there are only two laps to go, provided there's not another overtime finish? Why don't, you know, if there's only two laps left, why didn't more guys stay out like Truex did? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated by that. Okay, I'm running 10th. I'm going to finish 10th. I've yeah. got a snowball's chance in hell of finishing 9th. I'm going to finish 10th. Why not stay out? Why not stay out and make them pass you? And, and listen, I got to give kudos to, to Truex and those guys for, for doing it, for staying out. And and all it takes is two or three sometimes. All it right. takes is two or three to just create that havoc at the front. But Truex, you know, when everybody faded, everybody peeled off and Truex was the only one. And he looks in the mirror and he's like, what is this, man? I'm the, I'm I'm a setting duck. And he, and he was. I thought he did a good job. I thought he did yeah. a good job hanging on and, and, and kind of being where he was at. But listen, that's the age old question. 
You know, and I, I don't understand it. I don't listen. We're in Vegas. Gamble. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if any place you can gamble, it's Vegas. But I, it was I, I was fascinated. You know, they talked about two tires, man, two tires. That's a big deal. Two tires wasn't a big deal. That's a no brain call at that point in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if, if you're going to come down pit road, put two tires on it. I mean, don't just come down pit road and put gas in it or do nothing, you know, do something. Uh, but I, I was with a green white checker with those two laps. You, you don't have much. So stay out block, man. Do it. Yeah. Do the most. Well, why not? I mean, like you said, I mean, Truex hangs on for a seventh yeah. place finish, despite the fact that, like you said, I mean, Byron Larson both took two hour, two tires. Some other cars took two tires, but like there's 18 cars that finished on the lead lap. So yeah. the numbers to me, like I always thought that you do the opposite of what the leaders are doing. If you're like in the back half of the lead lap. So to me, it's like eight or nine cars should have stayed out. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you are, listen, if you are, if you're fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, you know, it's a tough call. If, you, if yeah. you're leading the race, you, if you're leading the race, you know you're setting duck. Because if you don't come, they're going to come and they're going to come right out behind you. So that's a, that's a, that's a, you, 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 your hand's about forced. Um, if you're a let, tenth, again, if you're 10th, 11th, 12th, if you're 15th, what do you have to lose, man? What do you have to yeah. lose? You got two laps to fall from first back to 15th where you were at. You got two laps to fall from, from fourth or fifth back to 19th or 20th where you were already at and you're yeah. not going to fall that far. It's just, it's, yeah, it's in, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen uh, that you're going to fall that far. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm always fascinated when it comes down to it um, that, that these teams don't, and maybe that's why they're just always 15th and 16th place teams as they don't think far enough ahead sometimes. Uh, and I know I'll take criticism for that, but that they don't think far enough ahead to put themselves in a different position. They just do whatever, what's safe and what everybody else does. Yeah. That group think that we sometimes see, I think a lot in NASCAR, but again, like I think a valid winner in William Byron leads yes. 176 of 271 laps. I was surprised Kyle, when I looked this up, I mean, I knew that we all talked about it last season that, you know, he had two early wins uh, and then he went through this dead period through the summer, but he, but William Byron ran pretty well uh, in the playoffs. I thought, I mean, he got yes. to the round of eight, but I was stunned when I looked this up and this was his first win in 30 starts. Uh, Martinsville, April, 2022 was the last time that the 20 number 24 Chevrolet had been to victory lane. So um, I guess like for one, on one hand, it's good for your, your man, Lord Byron. I mean, he's, he's back on top, you know, class of the field for Hendrick, the best team in NASCAR. But on the other hand, he's kind of been here before, and now they got to prove it during the middle part of the season. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the big deal for this team. Remember when they were finishing in the top ten like every week, every week they had that long stretch, and you thought, man, these guys have hit on something. You know, mm -hmm. they don't have to win every week, but they they're they're putting themselves in position every week, and then they just disappeared, man. They they just disappeared, and they did come back in the playoffs, and they did have a strong playoffs, and and there's been races. Where where William and and Rudy both together. When you look at them, you look at them and you think, man, they got it going on. They they are right there. And then the next week they show up and they're just not. This year to have started this early and to have started the third race of the year for whatever, um, and and to click and to kind of click and 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 make things work the way they work there. Um, they're gonna have to do something. They're they're gonna have to make it work all year long. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Listen, I I'm, I love this team, and I'm a big yeah. William Byron fan. Everybody knows that. But I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt the end of May, June, July, 
when when they are no shows at the racetrack uh, and then expect them to come back and turn the switch on again. They've got to to be a championship team. They got to perform all year long. And it's going to be interesting to see where how they perform as as the year goes. Yeah. And uh, a big win, not just for William Byron, Rudy Fugel, but as I mentioned, uh, Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah always talked about as, as the class of NASCAR. Uh, they finished one, two, three with William Byron, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman. And it's their first one, two, three finish since Dover in 2021. It's only the third one, two, three finish uh, in Hendrick Motorsports history, which uh, surprised me because it wow. figured this team would, would have a few more one, two, threes. I mean, I remember one of them was 97 Daytona 500 where Gordon won that one, I think with Labonte and Craven. Um, yeah. And uh, second straight one, two finish uh, at Vegas in the March race uh, at Vegas for Hendrick Motorsports. But of course, you know, the big story come in, Kyle, it, it's a big moment for Hendrick because they already were the news of the week. The big news of the week, probably the biggest news of the season so far in NASCAR. We learned uh, last Friday that Chase Elliott has uh, suffered a broken leg in a snowboarding accident, was replaced by Josh Berry at this race. He's going to be out indefinitely. We think it's for sure going to be several weeks. Uh, what's your initial reaction to, to Chase Elliott's injury and being out of the uh, Cup Series for a while? I, you know, I don't know. And and honestly, uh, honestly, yeah. I don't. And and listen, I've listened to I've listened to so going to Bike Week and then riding back from Bike Week. I listen to Sirius Radio a lot and 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 Sirius NASCAR on on Sirius. And I am fascinated at the thought process of a lot of fans. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it blows me away, man. It's like, yeah, he doesn't need to be, don't give him a waiver. He doesn't need to come back and be in the playoffs. That's not fair, man. If you get hurt driving a race car, it's okay to get a waiver. If you get hurt snowboarding, no, you don't, you don't get to, you know? And it's, yeah. it's just, so what's up, man? I mean, that's, that's crazy. I look at it this way. And, and listen, you're talking to a guy that my whole career, I rode motorcycles everywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean, and 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 did all this stuff. So, you you drive a race car, and and that is your life. You know, I mean, that's what you do. But that's mm -hmm. not necessarily your whole life. You know what I mean? You you got to be able to step out of that sometimes. And you know, we praise God bless the NASCAR fans. We praise Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson and and all these guys that go out and race six nights a week and wing sprint cars and. And, and go-karts and midgets and whatever they want to race. But, you know, God forbid you can't go snowboarding and get hurt. Now, yeah. You just can't do that, people. I don't know where y'all been, but you just can't do that. So I, I look at it as, yes, he should get a waiver. You know what I mean? Will he come mm -hmm. back? How quick will he come back? We don't know the extent of the injury. You, you know, I, obviously, I had a compound fracture on my left femur. I was out for an extended period of time. His dad broke his leg. He was out for, for weeks. Daryl Walter broke his leg. It, we know that this is not something that you're going to jump back in the car in the next week and a half. And especially just if we go by the amount of time, a two or three hour surgery. Obviously, this was a little bit more intense than just, hey, I twisted my ankle. Got to wear a cast for six weeks. It's, it's a little bit more intense than that. And, and so I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night, so I don't know his medical condition. So I, I will say that. Um, but <laughs> But the point is, I don't care how you're hurt or, or what happens. That's what the medical waiver is for. The medical yeah. waiver is for an injury, an illness, a death in the family, a, what, whatever it may be, man. That's what the that's what it's for. 
So I look at it more as how will that affect the team? How will that? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we're talking about Rudy and we're talking about talking about William and those guys, Josh, they're not going to just plug Josh in or whoever. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they're not going to just, those guys are not going to move the ball forward. Those, those are placeholders. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's all you're there to do. All Mm -hmm. Josh is there to do. Okay. Is get in that car and drive to the best of his ability, not put it in the wall, not put it in a wreck, run as many laps as he can and keep that nine car in contention point wise and keep moving it forward. Keep moving it forward. Um, That didn't work out for him today, but that's, that's your job as a relief driver. That's just an under an unstated rule that that's your job. Don't go win the race. You don't have to be a hero. Just go do this. So how would the loss of, of chase affect these guys moving forward, moving, moving the ball. Now in this day and time, maybe not as much as we think, because even with a broke leg, you can set in a simulator, even mm-hmm. with a broke leg, you can, you can go through the data. You can go and you can break down a race and you, you can begin to move. And maybe this makes this a better team long-term because chase has the opportunity to just be there mentally and not so much physically. Maybe he's at, has an opportunity to lead and guide and put them in a different position later on. So I don't look at all things that happen. There's a story, Chinese farmer. I don't know if you've ever heard it, and I'm not going to tell it here. But it's, it's all about looking at, it, it's a story about a Chinese farmer. And the point is, it's all about looking at anything that happens, whether it's tragic, whether it's, whether it's joyous, doesn't make any difference. You look at it and you say, okay. Maybe good, maybe bad. Let's just see how it works out. And that's yeah. kind of the way I look at Chase Elliott. Maybe bad in the moment, but long term, it may not be as bad as what we think it is. Case Sarah, Sarah, somewhat. Yeah. That's probably not what the Chinese farmer said, but like yeah. somewhat of the same. The universe does what it does and we just live in it and deal. And that's <laughs> right. And we live in it and we deal. And it's it's how we react to it. Do yeah. we make this a positive? You know what I mean? Are we, yeah. are we just going to be woe is me? You know what I mean? And I probably shouldn't have said that because Chase is always woe is me. You know what I mean? Because he's hard on himself. So maybe it's not Case Sarasarov for him. Maybe this yeah. is a bad Eeyore moment for him. But yeah. at the same time, I do believe, I do believe, you know, if I've got a driver, I, I know this. At the time I drove, if I had broken my leg and couldn't get in a race car for six months, but I had the opportunity to set my butt in a simulator, I would have been in a simulator. I would have been in, a sim, in the sim trying to figure out how to make this car better for Kenny Wallace, who relief drove for us and Bobby Hill and for different guys that drove for us, trying to make the the team better. And I, and I think Chase is a team player in, in that organization. I think that's what he'll do. I should mention, uh, you referenced Josh. That's Josh Berry, who filled in for yeah. Chase Elliott today. I didn't mention that he finishes 29th while Hendrick goes one, two, three with Larson Elliott Bowman. Of course, totally understandable given that Josh Berry had never driven a next-gen car before in a cup race. This was his debut at next-gen. So finishing 29th, you know, like you said, he's just trying to, like, move the ball forward, just just keep the seat warm. And we learned today that Hendrick's going to have to decide tomorrow on who's racing Phoenix because they have to put the seat in the car when it goes out to Phoenix. But I want to go back to what you said, Kyle, about how it might be different for drivers today because – We've seen this recently. I mean, eight years ago, Kyle Busch broke his leg and uh, had a foot problem after that Daytona Xfinity wreck. He missed three months and he comes back and wins the championship in 15. I don't know how much sim work maybe played into that, but that's certainly, 
I think a yeah. good kind of parallel to what Chase Elliott's probably, I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty much the same generation, even though a different car. Do you, do you think yeah. that maybe bodes well for, for Chase? Oh, uh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, because we know, listen, we know how severe Kyle's injuries were. His injuries were to his lower legs and his ankles were, those were, those were, were bad, bad injuries. Chase's injuries are to his, his lower leg. Okay. It's not into his foot. It's not into his feet. It's not into a, to multiple bones. There's, at least that's not been the report. It mm-hmm. just seems to be the tibia, I guess, is what, the, what they're talking. Now, I don't know how severe that is again, but it seems to be a little bit more concentrated in one area than what Kyle Bush's were. So I do think it bodes well uh, for Chase Elliott to miss X number of races and be able to come back uh, and get in that car and be able to, to go out. And listen, and we know he can go and win races, just like we knew Kyle Bush could. We're not talking about, and, and I'm not, this is not a criticism on, on any other team, but we're not talking about a Michael McDowell. We're not talking about an Eric Jones. We're not talking about uh, some of these teams that can win races and have won races, but they're specific races. They don't contend week in and week out. We're talking about a Hendrick car and a driver that wins week in or can contend week in and week out. Um, and even if you only give him six shots at winning a race, he's got a shot at all six of those, not like some other teams that just have a shot at one. I understand what you're saying too about the waiver. And I, I totally think, you know, five-time most popular driver, they've given a waiver to virtually everyone who's ever applied for a waiver. I fully expect that they're going to grant this request from Hendrick Motorsports for a waiver. And I'm with you. Like, I don't want to come off like Joe Fan on Sirius XM NASCAR radio saying that these guys should be told what to do with every minute of their lives because they make millions of dollars driving a cup car. But I am curious, Kyle, what you think. This is what struck me about the Chase Elliott news. So this injury happens Friday morning and it happens in Colorado, several hundred miles away from where Chase Elliott is practicing and qualifying a cup car the next day at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So do you have any uh, issue at all with the optics of that? Like, I know that these guys should be allowed to live their lives. Um, they're professional athletes and they have a lot of people depending on them. But on the other hand, they, they need the stress relief. They need to figure out how to maintain that mental, physical yeah. health balance. But the fact that he's he's doing this and then we know he's flying like that night, again, all the way to Vegas to to do his primary job. Is there anything about that that might make you turn your head? Nah. <laughs> no, it's there's all good. Just, there's, there's just listen. And, 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 and I know let me let me let me say this to you, Nate. Optics. Uh, when you're, and that's a great point. And that, that's a great point. The optics may not be good. You, you know yeah. what I mean? I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. But at the same time, at the same time, you know, it's Kyle Petty. And that, let's just put me. So Kyle Petty races at, at California Motor Speedway. And, you know, you do this, you do that, whatever. And I'm riding my motorcycle to the racetrack and I hit a slick spot and I go down and I break my leg. What the heck? Yeah. You know, I, I'm, that's what I do. I ride motorcycles. Tony Stewart in between California and Phoenix. Tony's out in the desert running, running the, one of his doom buggies or something. And he rolls it over and hurts his back or whatever. You know, the, my point is this. My, my point is this. It could have happened on Monday. Mm-hmm. It could have happened on Tuesday. It just so happened to happen on Friday. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and that's where the optics, I agree with you. I agree totally, but it could have happened any day. 
It could have happened any day along that week. Did you expect him and do we as race fans expect him to get back in his cocoon and and go over to Vegas and just sit in a hotel room and don't do anything because I don't want you yeah. to get hurt. You, right. you know what I mean? I don't yeah. want you to get hurt. So you can't you can't do it that way either. And and again, 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 again. Were, would the optics be the same? Would we be having the same conversation if Kyle Larson had flown to Northern California and run a sprint car race and flipped it on Friday night, knowing he had to be in, in Vegas on Saturday to qualify his car? Would we be yeah. saying the same thing? And according to Sirius Radio, race fans would say, thumbs up, dude. That's good. You know what I mean? We yeah. love Kyle Larson. But it's different because it's snowboarding. It's different because of some of the other stuff. So I, it, it's... It's a perception, you know. What I mean, yeah. the, the the perception is, you know, is snowboarding versus being in a race car when you get hurt. So I, yeah. don't, I don't have a I problem. Mean, with it. You make a great point too. Like with Larson, I mean, Rick Hendrick didn't let any of his drivers do anything. You know, after Casey Kane like barrel rolled an outlaw's car or yep. whatever in 2012, Rick Hendrick said no more until two years ago when Larson joins the team. And Rick Hendrick says, ah, maybe I'll let you run dirt cars. Larson runs dirt cars to his heart's content, wins 10 races in 2021, wins the championship. And the narrative of the last two years has suddenly been, Rick Hendrick's good with anything. You know, William Byron's out running late models. Alex Bowman's running the Chili Bowl. Uh, Chase Elliott's running dirt cars and, and sports yeah. cars. So it's kind of funny. Like, that's another layer to this that, like, Hendrick had sort of been on the other end of the spectrum and then came over here and everything had been going well, but now this happens. And I yeah, wonder, yeah. I wonder what Rick's reaction was, I guess, to all of that. Yeah. That, and that's, that's, that's the question. You know, how, how did Rick rea react to it? Um, yeah. But you don't want it. Listen, golly, man, I don't even know. Hey, and I, and listen, I, I'll tell you this. My dad, one year, we were out motorcycle riding when I was a kid and he broke his thumb um, or no, we were, that he fell and hurt his leg that time. <laughs> They're playing football in the front yard um, yeah. during lunch, during lunch before the Daytona 500, and he breaks his thumb. You know what I mean? And has a cast on it, you know. And they cut. I didn't the know this story. This is right before the Daytona 500. He yeah, broke his thumb. Daytona one year. Yeah, they're they're playing oh. football out front, and they break their thumb. And but the 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 thing is, the thing is, so it's like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't have been playing football. Yeah, they just played football. That's what they did during lunch. You know what I mean? That, that was just like a standard thing. I don't know how to how to tell you that. So so the thing is, it, it's almost an oxymoron to say that we're going to let you go out on Sundays and do the most dangerous thing in the world. But the rest of the week, we want you to do needlepoint. OK, don't don't do anything but cross stitch and needlepoint and nothing, nothing that puts you in danger. I mean, that's not. That's not who race car drivers are. So I mean, I mean, I am I'm just fascinated by by the way the world sees this story. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And and I can understand it. I do understand it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, I do understand it. But it's just it's just a non-story to me. He got hurt doing something that he yeah. loves to do. He grew up snowboarding. He grew up skiing. Bill Elliott loves it. His mom loves it. That's just what they did. It's just what happened, man. You think it's the perfect storm of five-time most popular driver, Chase Elliott, snowboarding, like you said, Hendrick Motorsports, best team in NASCAR. Like, is it just kind of all those things make yeah, it a bigger story? It is. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm saying. It is. It's everything. And, and that that's what has created the optic. Okay. Yeah. Because, listen, and again, again, this is not a slam at anybody, but we would not be having this conversation over VJ McLeod. 
we would not be having this this conversation over over Corey LaJoy. You know what I mean? Sure. We would and no nobody would be saying, yeah, that guy shouldn't get a waiver. Yeah, that guy, you know what I mean? You just wouldn't be having this conversation. I don't, I'm not sure we would be having this this conversation if somebody, if if Ross, <laughs> I didn't just fall off a watermelon truck. If Ross Chastain <laughs> fell off a watermelon truck, I'm not sure we'd be ha- would we be having the same conversation? You, you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's just Chase Elliott, Hendrick Motorsports, the expectations, most popular driver, so yeah. much there. Though every everything feeds into it, you know, to 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 make this story what it is. I mean, listen, I, I listened to Sirius Radio on the way down the road on Friday, and I didn't even know they were racing in Vegas. I thought everybody was camped outside a hospital somewhere in Colorado, uh, because yeah. that's what it sounded like according to, to everything. That was the story on Friday. <laughs> Make me wish I would have like rode a motorcycle with you to Bike Week so I could just listen to Sirius XM for yeah. four or five straight hours. Well, you mentioned Corey LaJoy's name, and I think you're right. Like if it was him or another driver, we probably would not be talking about this. But Corey LaJoy was somebody we were talking about after this race because he has now started the season with three straight top 20s. Yeah. Daniel Suarez uh, had a top 10. Again, he's got top 10 in all three races this season. Um, actually, you know, something that Ross Chastain, who again ran at the front today, his teammate, his track house teammate, can't claim because he fell back on that final restart. Um you know, it seems like you mentioned it, Kyle, like uh, Chevy's, Toyota's ran pretty well, but there are only two Fords in the top 10. I mean, Joey Logano starts on the pole and, and ends up smacking the wall, has a bad day, says he was, he was terrible even though he qualified first. Um, you said that you feel like this is the first race of the season. There's a lot of things there to digest. I know that you love when we all overanalyze and jump the gun. And now we know who's going to win the championship, you know, eight months from now. But uh, what do you think are some of the big takeaways from this race and through three races in 2023? So for me, let's take Hendrick. And and we look at Hendrick and I say, those guys are on track. Take Mr. Snowboard King out of it here. But these guys, these guys are on track. The team is on track. They have yeah. run up front. They've done what they needed to do in the, in the last two races. But we get to this race and they have three incredibly competitive cars. Um, and then the, these racetracks fit their drivers. So let's let's say that at the same time. I look at track house and the whole time that Ross was running third or fourth, Daniel was running 13th, 14th, 15th. He was right yeah. there. Just speed wise, if you watched it on the computer, they were pretty close, just didn't have that track position. So I look at that team and I'm like, those two guys are solid. I look at the Fords and I look at Penske and I look at Joey and, and Ryan uh, Blaney. And, you know, for me, and, and I'm going to be honest, man, Ryan Blaney uh, is the new Casey Kane, potential unfulfilled. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody wants yeah. to talk about what he can do, but he never does anything. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, for whatever reason, he just never gets past that hump. As, as I look at it and Cindric, he brings a lot to the table, but he's really not showed up since Daytona last year. You know, in a yeah. lot of ways, and and they he's got to get in the mix. So that's a Ford team that I worry that I'm worried about. I look at it, mm-hmm. and I'm worried about. It. They shouldn't have missed Vegas that much. I've seen I've seen Joey Logano win that race, as we had the conversation earlier, by not taking tires and putting himself in a position just to take control of the race for the last four or five laps and outdrive people. So I know yeah. Joey Logano can get it done. He just doesn't have the equipment to get it done right now. I yeah. look at Kevin. I look at at that team. At Stuart Haas, the Fords just aren't getting it done at California or here. So that's yeah. a little bit of a concern to me. Toyotas don't seem to have 
that qualifying kind of speed. But by God, they're race car drivers and they've got race teams. Um, Denny Hamlin, Truex, again, gets up there, gets in the mix. Uh, Bubba Wallace is in the mix. I'm a little surprised that Tyler Reddick hadn't hadn't shown me something in these first few races because I really expected him to set the woods on fire. And then yeah. internally in a couple of these teams, I look at everything that Kyle Busch has done at RCR and everything that Austin Dillon has not done at RCR. You know, as, as, as you look at, at that, two ends of the spectrum. So we've got teams that have that going on internally, too, uh, as you look at it. And then you look at Corey LaJoy, who just hammers it out, head down, blue collar, make it happen, get it done with a team that probably shouldn't be running the way it is. But they're, he's having solid finishes, and it's because of him. He's driving incredibly smart. He's not putting himself in bad positions. He's not taking an 18th or 19th place car trying to run in the top five with it and going home on the record. He's doing what the most that he can do and getting the most out of that car. So when I look at it, I'm still not sure where the year is going to go or how it's going to play out. But I I think we're seeing the same players early in the year, meaning the, the Chevy drivers, the Hendrick drivers, the track house drivers, those guys have not not checked up from where they're at. Um, and the Gibbs guys, they're they're where they need to be. You know, I, I think I think that that, that Denny and, and and especially Martin, that those two teams have been been pretty good. Christopher Bale, he ends up fifth. He didn't run that well, but he ends up fifth today. But he's had a pretty good year and he had a pretty good second second half of last year. The jury's out on Ty Gibbs, but it's out on anybody that's a rookie. I, I don't I don't expect a lot from that. But I think I think as as you go into it, nothing's really nothing's really surprised me. Nothing's really changed that so far in in these yeah. first. Phoenix, Phoenix will be another test to come to that mile track and see, because we know Kevin Harvick. That's been a place that he's on. We know Chase Briscoe. That's been a place that he gets around. So let's see how the Fords do when we get to a mile track. It's going to be a big test for them. And uh, you know, as I look at the results, like. I'm somewhat surprised. Like I, I, Austin Sindrick actually was the highest finishing four today in six, but I think that was kind of the result of the jumble and the final restart. That final restart really kind of turned things around where a lot of guys maybe finished better than they ran or, or finished worse than they ran. So it's it's kind of hard, hard to judge completely because of that green-white checkered finish. But I, I do think it's interesting, Kyle, that you have Kevin Harvick finishing ninth, all of the Stuart Haas teammates finishing uh, outside the top 15. And I don't know if it's like panic button time yet, for Stuart Haas, because it seems like they've had some moments, but I mean, Chase Briscoe was terrible at Fontana yeah. and said after the race, they couldn't figure out why Ryan priest clearly has not gotten out to the start. He won. I think he's been in a, a crash in each of the, the first three races that he's been in that uh, 41 cup car for Stuart Haas racing. You know, again, it's Harvick's final season. Like you said, he's traditionally, he's been good at Phoenix. Phoenix is a huge marker because of the championship race. What do you make of what's going on with SHR and how do they, kind of turn things around like knowing that like it's not just Harvick's final season but yeah. I, I don't know it just feels like that team to me is like maybe the biggest question mark right now in cup yeah so look look th- this is man why do you ask me these questions so <laughs> they they turn I love your answers when when Kevin won when Kevin won what nine races uh that year which was in 2020 what, yeah 2020 Okay. Yeah. They turned it around in 2020 and they've been going in the wrong direction ever since. Okay. That's when they turned it around. They were at a place where I, I really thought, man, the sky's the limit. These guys, these guys can get it done. 
and and I know I'm I'm hard on people and I I'm sorry, okay? But Kevin Harvick can't carry the ball every play. Every play yeah. he can't carry the ball. You know, yeah. you, you just run a, you run your your back in the ground giving it to him. And that's all they've expected from from Kevin and Rodney. And they've run the ball in the ground. They've run the team in the ground because Kevin just can't do it. You know, it's not not that he doesn't have the ability, but he can't move four teams forward. He needs to worry about his team and moving his team forward. You got one driver, Eric, who has just been constant his entire career. And and that that's not a knock. But listen, a lot of us were, were that way. We never we never got to that place, but he's just been a constant. But you know what you have with Eric. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know what you have. I think the deal with Chase is Chase will give you Briscoe will give you a phenomenal week and then he disappears for two or three weeks and then he'll yeah. give you a phenomenal week. Is that chase or is that the team? And then I, I think Ryan priest, I, I think he's a wild card. You know, I, I just don't know. I know what he's done. I know what he's, what he's done in the past and, and Xfinity cars and other things, but that was basically, I think from Cole custard to Ryan priest as a lateral move, they didn't, they didn't do anything. They just took one driver out and put another driver in and it's the same. None of those three drivers, sorry, they can't help Kevin. They've not, they're not helping Kevin Harvick. They don't yeah. appear from the outside to be to be pushing Kevin Harvick, to be making Kevin Harvick or, or helping him move the team forward. And I, I think that's a problem. You know, we see it. We in, in American motorsports, we're just wimps in a lot of ways. Um when when and 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 I and I, I'm gonna compare it to, to to Formula One, where Formula One teammates hate each other. Okay. And, and they hate each other for a reason. Okay. They hate each other because they want to be the best one on that team. They want to be the best on that team and they force each other to get better. That's what it's all about, man. I mean, the annals of formula one are littered with, with, with teammates that, you know, should have gone to prison for the amount of hate they had for each (laughs) other. You know what I'm saying? And, and the thing is, it's like you go to Stuart Haas and everybody walks through the door. Yeah, Kevin's the best. Yeah, I'm with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just concede the fact. So you're not helping Kevin by that. You, yeah. You've got to have that attitude that, hey, dude, I can kick your butt six ways from Sunday. Maybe not every week, but I'm going to force you to be on your game. Nobody's yeah. forcing those guys to be on their game, so their game's off. And I think that's what Rick has and what Hendrick has with the drivers that he has. They're not all on their on the, on the game every week, but he'll have two up front that are pointing, mm-hmm. forcing each other to do something. And that third guy that's running ninth and that fourth guy that's running 15th is looking at the scoreboard saying, that's my teammate. I got to mm-hmm. get better. And they come back next week. So you get that. You get that cycle. You get that at Penske. I, I think you always got it at Penske when you had Brad, Brad and Joey together. I'm not sure how much these guys push Joey, but I don't think Joey's a driver that needs to be pushed. Uh, I think he pushes himself mentally. But yeah. but I think I think you need that in a team. And I think, listen, I'm hoping that we see this with Kyle Busch and Austin Dillon because I think that Austin Dillon, people have always looked at it, and I think wrongly, I'm going to say this, wrongly and said, that's his granddad's team. He's going to have a job no matter what. I think Richard... Austin wanted Kyle, and I think Kyle will push Austin to be a better race car driver. And they've just started in a different place right now, but I think they'll get on on track. And I think Austin will be a better race car driver because of Kyle, because he'll drive Kyle, he'll drive Austin to be better. But 
the, the Stuart Haas thing has amazed me over the last few years. Other than Kevin Harvick, there's not a bright spot over there. And and I'm sorry to say that. I just don't see a bright spot over there. No, that's fair. That's well said. And you put out some incredible thoughts there about driver dynamics and the balance between especially four teammates and Hendrick, but also, like you said, Logano, Harvick. All of these things are very fascinating to me and are, would be good fodder for another podcast. Um, I do have another Harvick question, but I'm not going to put you on the spot again and ask you who's going to take his place when the oh. inevitable now we know is going to happen at the end of the season. Because again, that's why I think Stuart House Racing is such a big question mark. But I don't want to get you any more trouble than you already are, KP. So we're going to wrap this up. Thanks so much for watching the race and enlightening me and all of the listeners as always. And always appreciate having you on the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. We appreciate Kyle Petty for joining us on the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Thanks to Motorsports Manager Emily Convoy for coordinating and recording this episode with KP. And thanks as well to producer Zach Tanzaretti for providing some notes after I spent the entire day watching, covering, and reporting from the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg for NBCSports.com Motorsports Talk. That's not a humble brag on my part. I really watched maybe five to ten minutes total of the cup race at Las Vegas because of my other NBCSports.com obligations again on Motorsports Talk, so I really appreciate Zach and Emily helping back me up on this. And thanks to both of them and KP for taping this episode at a special time Sunday night. We don't usually have this podcast out by early Monday morning, but because of a lot of circumstances that I won't bore you with, but they involve everything from travel schedules to jury duty, we had to tape this Sunday night, and I really appreciate everyone's flexibility. As always, you can find more news, columns, and analysis on NASCAR Talk and Motorsports Talk on NBCSports.com. Please visit NBCSports.com NASCAR or NBCSports.com motors. If you have any NASCAR and NBC podcast feedback, you can send to me on Twitter at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.